Welcome to Insights into Success, where with your host Paul Dodds, we hope to educate, inspire and motivate you to achieve your own personal success. We talk to guests from all around the world from a variety of walks of life to hear the realities of their own journey to success. What challenges have they faced, how they cope with failure and what have been the keys or will be the keys to their own success. In our Read to Succeed interviews, we talk books that have inspired our guests, and for some, they share their secrets to marketing success. Join us as we give you insights into success. Welcome to Read to Succeed, where our special guest today is Marty Strong, former Navy SEAL, businessman and author. Now firstly, Marty, I assume being an author that you probably read a lot? I do. So... I'm a big Malcolm McDonald, McDowell fan, or Gladwell, I'm sorry, Malcolm Gladwell fan. Uh, the Tipping right. Point was, was I probably read that three times. Uh, there's a book called The 80-20 Rule, basically the Pareto Principle, which is also a, uh, there's lots of books called that one way or the other. And they're all pretty yeah. much, they're basically just talking about, you know, the 20, 20% of the, of the causes creating 80% of the effect and whether it's negative or positive. And, I actually completely re- overhauled my business uh, at UBS based on that principle. Um, let's see. I'm a big fan of biographies. Yeah. So, you know, I read books. I've read everything I can get my hands on about Elon Musk. Uh, okay. What's your take on him? I've read one book on him. Um, what's your take on him? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess I, I take him in the totality of his life so far, you know, writing software in South Africa and selling his first software game for 500 bucks and then writing another one and selling it for, you know, $50,000, whatever. And then, then he gets into the thing in Los Angeles where he's writing, uh, they create this product for, um, for hotels, uh, to put on their website so people could find all the great restaurants and stuff. And he sells that for like $12 million. And then he gets into the PayPal thing and he sells that for $120 million. You know, I'm thinking, okay, nobody knows about that. In the United States, everybody kind of picks him up at, at Tesla. Tesla was after SpaceX. So they're, they're actually missing all that, including SpaceX, because it was a precursor to Tesla. And then they just know him as the Tesla guy, right? Yeah. So that fascinates the hell out of me. Uh, everything about Steve mm. Jobs. I, I've read everything yeah. about Steve Jobs. And they both have a lot of the same character traits they both seem to have this uh this willingness to push beyond mm. the uh, mediocrity of the people around them you know yeah. the famous thing of steve jobs holding up like a wallet or whatever saying we're going to make a phone this size and you know all the engineers said yeah whatever and and he started firing <laughs> he started firing engineers that refused to even you know accept the possibility of it and mm. now that would just been a di- dictatorial boss who never got anywhere except that he it actually happened right yeah um it's a vision you know so if elon yeah. musk says we're going to the moon or if elon musk says you know i'm going to um you know buy twitter and do this with it there's a lot of credibility there because he's actually executed ever since he was mm. a young kid mm. and Incredible. and steve jobs delivered on almost everything so uh in our country uh teddy roosevelt is a president again kind of this long journey when he was a young man he had uh breathing problems and everything. And he went out West to try to, you know, fix his breathing. And then he ended up kind of becoming a, a cowboy and got all roughed up and got strong again and learned how to shoot and ride and everything. Then he came back and he's from an affluent family. 
in the Northeast of the United States. And then he eventually works his way up into politics and then goes into the, goes mm-hmm. in to, to war. And, you know, he's, but he, he did a lot in this country um, where the, uh, before unions were strong and people don't really understand the intellectual capacity of the guy. They always kind of remember, you know, the bigger than life kind of um, moments that, that you see and in, in movies and things. But yeah, he actually had a, there's a situation where he put, there was a, a coal mine that was shut down. He put the owners of the coal mine, which were some of the equivalent to like billionaires these days in one room at the white house. And he had asked for four or five representatives from the coal miners. who refused. They did a, a walkout yeah. and he put them in the other, another room. And then there was a room in the middle between them. And so he went in and he talked to the, to the rich guys. And they were like saying all of what they thought about everything. Then he went and talked to the other guys. So they thought about everything. And then he said, well, you know, we got some refreshments set up in here. So come on. And so he opened the doors and they all walked in and they looked at each other. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, they're both pissed off. You know, the, the coal miners were pissed off because there's the enemy and the rich guys are pissed off because these guys are so far below me. I don't want to have a conversation with them. <laughs> and then he said to both of them, if you guys don't work this out, I'm going to um, nationalize the uh, coal industry. <laughs> well, that's and, an incentive. and you'll have the united states army pulling coal out of those mines <laughs> so you think about it and i'll be back in about an hour or so and he left and they yeah. came to an accord you know he's yeah. also the guy that got the the um nobel peace prize for brokering the peace between uh japan and russia when they went to war back in 1903 or something so that's a different kind of guy. You know, he's charging yeah. San, San Juan Hill. He's out there riding with cowboys. He's trying to, you know, negotiate union stuff. And all of a sudden he's trying to stop a war, you know? Yeah. I, I'm really attracted to books about people that had those kinds of bigger than life, almost mythical capability to yeah. uh, change the world, you know? And what's your, just to wrap it up, what's your reading style? Do you prefer traditional books, audio, Kobo, Kindle? What do you, how do you like to read? I stopped with conventional books probably three years ago, mainly because I'm always in a state of reading about 12 or 13. I usually consume about 60 books a year. Right. Wow. Yeah. Um, probably about 20 of 60 would be. Um, non-fiction, excuse me, fiction, and then the other 40 would be non-fiction. Right. And uh, so if you're writing and you're studying and researching to write like a business book, yeah, it's it's easier for me to listen to it in Audible. Sometimes I'll, I'll right. listen to it twice. Yeah. And I'll take notes as I'm listening or take mental notes. Uh, I use Kindle for all my, for pretty much all my uh, novel reading because I can carry it anywhere, anywhere yeah. and everywhere. I have that thing. It's, uh, it's always pretty close to me. Um, and between those two, I uh, consume that many books. I, I just don't have the time, nor do I have the eye power anymore to pick up. <laughs> if I pick up, if I was picking up a paperback book or hardcover book. Yeah. The next thing I'd have to have is, is my glasses in my hand or else I can't do anything. Audible right. books, you don't have to worry about that. Kindle is you can supersize yep. the font, right? Yeah. And uh, the other thing is, the thing I love about both of those is I can carry you know, as many books as I want in either format. Yeah. 
yeah. where I used to like carry around. I used to have hard copy books stuffed in. I had like three in my, my truck. I have an FJ cruiser. I'd have three in, in whatever vehicle I was driving. I'd have one in the bathroom, two by the bed stand, a couple <laughs> in the TV room. I'd have them at work. You know, everywhere I went, I always had to have a book. If I thought I was going to go meet somebody and I was going to be 10 minutes early, I'd carry the book into the restaurant, you know, yeah. and now, now I just do it with the Kindle or I listen yeah. to the audible while I'm driving from point to point. Yeah. It's um, a, con it's a consumption re decision. I can consume a lot more using those two formats. Yeah. And you're a voracious reader too. So it um, yeah. makes sense to do it that way. Yeah. All right, Marty. Well, thank you so much again. It's been an absolute pleasure really enjoyed talking to you and yeah thank you again for sharing all right you take care